Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and every week, in fact, twice a week, I bring to this podcast interesting interviews with people who are doing cool things and making waves in business. Now, before I get started with today's episode, I have to thank the first sponsor of today's show. So today's show is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms helping trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. If your company is looking to grow, you want to make sure that you're talking to Stanton Chase. And I work for Stanton Chase, so you can check us out at stantonchase.com. All right, today's guest on the podcast is Chris Bussing. Now, Chris is somebody who has been in technology sales for a long time. Even though he's quite young, he has been really passionate about working in sales, and he's super passionate about personal growth. And in addition to that, he now helps other people through sharing his journey. It helps other people find out how they can exist and thrive in the world of sales. And what he is an expert in is helping people get the meeting. Now, I've been in sales for a long time. Once you have the meeting with the prospect, lots of things can happen. But the hardest part is doing that prospecting. It's making those calls. It's getting people to agree to meet with you. And Chris has had a lot of success along the way in all the companies he's worked at with being able to open up doors. That's why I wanted to bring him to the show because whether you're in sales or you're the CEO of a company, your salespeople matter a lot. So I wanted to make sure we could learn from what Chris has to share. So Chris... Welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Tom, it's so great to be here. And by the way, you have an incredible voice. I bet you do an amazing job on cold calls. Do you have any like cold calling experience? I know you were in the uh, uh, working for a bit, you know, in business. So yeah, my, my, my whole my whole background was sales and sort of a hybrid of marketing and sales in a business development role. So yeah, my whole background was doing this type of work. Yeah, if I heard that voice, I'd just, I'd take the meeting right there. <laughs> well, from, from your lips to God's ears, from everybody that I work with now trying to get them to hire me. So, so Chris, give us a little bit of your background. You're not that old of a guy. Let's talk about your sales career. Yeah, um, I'll try and make it brief. Um, but I went to Georgetown University and one Saturday I went to a career fair and I shook hands with a recruiter from Oracle and that handshake shook up uh, my future career and I ended up down a path in software sales. How exciting, right? When I was a kid, I didn't grow up thinking I want to be a software salesman. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but that didn't work out. But software sales has turned out to be the most rewarding career um, in terms of building a strategic network, making good money to even support other passions and building uh, great skills with people, et cetera. And so I went off to Oracle, got some great training. I got promoted within a year. Um, 
in, after one year, honestly, I started making six figures. So one thing I want people to know is the, uh, especially for young kids just coming out of college or people in their 20 somethings, like you can make good money if you focus in after a year and get promoted and start making six figures early. Then um, I ended up uh, working uh, in that promoted role at Oracle for another year and then took the leap from uh, Boston to Austin to join Google where millennials are merry. And I had the dream of being a Googler. I got the spinny cap. It was unbelievable. Um, And I did fast track to being a field sales rep at 26. I was one of the youngest folks in the role. There were a couple other folks like me. Um, It's just unbelievable company. I learned so much. And finally, um, I took a leap to join a startup and be one of the founding two salespeople, um, helping grow the United States business for an international tech startup. And uh, hopefully, um, we're going to go public in the next year or so. So, I did, you know, being with a startup, last thing I'll say, it's more like the wild, wild west. So, I've gone from the big corporations like Oracle and Google and now to the startup world. And it's been a lot of fun. So, I know at both Oracle and Google, you won awards and were recognized for your yeah. ability to get meetings. And that's something, like I said in the introduction, that's really hard for a lot of salespeople. A lot of salespeople are really good at, at talking about their product or their service and, and sharing the features and benefits and, and going in and closing the sale and then helping get the people onboarded. But it's getting those initial appointments that it's what yeah. helps. It's what makes a lot of people wash out of sales. They're scared to do it. They're not good at doing it, but you were good at doing it. You got recognized for it. So, so what are some of the things that you did that got executives to take your call and set those appointments? Absolutely. And, and we're talking about executives, right? People above the pay line that make the decision. So I'm going to tell you the trump card for getting executive meetings and then five um, key uh, strategies you can implement if you don't have this trump card to put down. The trump card is a warm introduction. No surprise. It is the fastest path to getting a meeting. When I was at Google Cloud, the CEO or former CEO of Citrix, I think he started a new company, said, I only take meetings with people were introduced um, to me from a friend or a colleague or someone I respect. I only take warm intros. Um, and so honestly with executives, they've got a million emails coming from all a bunch of other Chris's and sales execs. The warm intro is the Trump card. So if you can build a strategic network and I know Tom, you have incredible speaking uh, or you've spoken about this and, and you, you, you know, all about this. One thing I would say is like, as you're building your sales career, build that network because you never know when someone is going to come in clutch to make that introduction. Well, I I just want to jump in that uh, this has been said by many people, but the person I heard say it was the one of the authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hansen, who was a guest on this podcast just a couple of weeks ago. And And one of the things that Mark said was your network is your net worth. And that has always stuck with me. I heard him say that like 25 years ago. Absolutely. And that is one of the reasons I would encourage young people to get into sales is because you flex that muscle of networking and you build such a strategic network that yes, you can use it as your trump card to get meeting in sales. But what if you want to start your own business? So many CEOs were in sales before, or even like my lawyer at a lawsuit and Hey, that things like that happen. It worked out favorably. He was in sales for 10 years, but you build that network and you can take it with you. And I just want to um, finish this point on the Trump card with a real world story, right? And you, you'd appreciate this, Tom, given your, 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 the speeches you give, but I just got a meeting with a multi-billion dollar business, one of the biggest brands in the world. And you guys would all know it, but I don't think I should share at this point. Um, And the way I did it is I uh, had a connection to a GM of a global business unit um, through my mom growing up with his wife. (laughs) Hey, you know, 
If if your mom is friends with the with the boss's wife, you know, make the call, take advantage oh, of that. That's awesome. And, and so what happened is I leveraged that and also played a mentorship card for young salespeople out there. You're probably intimidated. You're like, oh, you know, these people are way twice my age. Could be my parents. Uh, they know way more than me. But you know, you actually might have a strength in having a new perspective you can bring to the market, being fresh, and also you can play. This sounds funny, but like the mentorship card. It's almost like your customers, like you can bring insights, you need to bring value, but they could almost be a mentor as well. And so I played that um, card. We had a conversation around mentorship, but I also had prepared my ass off to bring up a specific tailored value proposition relevant to their business. And I shared it. I said, hey, would you be like, I basically wanted to see if he would be the decision maker. And although he sees all these, oversees all these technology teams, uh, he said, this guy is the global CTO and you need to talk to him. He doesn't respond to my emails, but I can send a warm email that you write over and maybe we'll get back. Now I worked with my president of my company, uh, spent a lot of time coming with a great email and we got the meeting. I got his attention miraculously, but just an example of the ultimate Trump card in action is warm intros. And sometimes it could come from your mom knowing the GM's <laughs> wife. So, okay. So that's the first one. You said there were five. The, 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 the warm intro is a great way to go. If, if you don't have a warm intro, here's five tips. And it's all tied to personalization. How can you make something uh, go from cold to warm? And how can you personalize your outreach? So the first thing is relate like a rock star, right? Um, psychology uh, says, and I, I saw a study, I, and I, unfortunately, I don't remember the specific study, but it, 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 it found that people um, who are reading about strangers and see that they have something in common, it has such a bigger impact on their uh, liking of that individual versus if they were talking or met them in person. So what, how that ties to sales is in, in an email, if you can call out some type of personal ties, like you see on their Twitter or LinkedIn, they like stoic philosophy. They got a corgi, like, or something like that, right? And sometimes it's a little bit of a stretch, but can you find a personal tie or synergy and call it out? And if you call it out in an email, you're strangers, but it has a big impact on the uh, like a bit, how likable you come across and people buy from people they like. So relate like a rock star, go on LinkedIn, go on uh, Twitter, Facebook, get creative and find commonalities. There's personal ties. And the other thing is organizational ties. When I worked at Google, I used to Google search XYZ company in Google. And then because it's such a big company, so everyone doesn't have this benefit if they're at a smaller startup, I would find like there was some outside the box partnership or synergy with Google and this company, or maybe that we had a similar values when you look on their website and see their company values and their mission, and you can call it out. So there could be an organizational synergy as well as a personal. So that's number one, relate like a rock star. Number two, channel your inner hostage negotiator. <laughs> you know, Chris Voss, have you heard of Chris Voss? He's the sure. top hostage negotiator in the world. He talks about building um, credibility and trust and a sales and business relationship is founded on that. And the way you do that is showing empathy up front. So do your detective work and channel your inner hostage negotiator to find what are the problems and opportunities in this person's industry what are the trends? What will the CEO care about? What does the CEO care about? Are they trying to drive revenue for the company? Of course, right? How are they build certain partnerships, but put yourself in their shoes, understand their market, understand similar problems solved by similar companies and, and show that 
that empathy and credibility up front that you understand them and where they're at. There was one time that I sent an email to a CEO and uh, I did the relating like a rock star. I said, Hoya Saxa from Google. We went to Georgetown. That was the so that's the first thing. Second thing, I read their 10K and I called out the greatest fears of the CFO, which are in the 10K. And I tied in how Google helped address us. He called me back. So there's the first two in action. Well, now, and, got- and I want to jump in because I had a, a situation happen to me. I was up to be the keynote speaker at a technology organization and yeah. the CEO didn't think I was the right fit. I didn't have a background working for Oracle or Google or something like that. But his meeting planner knew that my message about how we could get people to connect more was really important to their clients who were going to be attending the event and to their sales team who were going to be present also. So she really thought I was the right person. So I looked him up. I, I did a little homework on him beforehand, right? And uh, I found out that he had gone to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. So when we got on the phone call, and this was this was just a phone call, it wasn't Zoom. Uh, he and his meeting planner were in in, the, in a room on a speakerphone. I was somewhere else, and I uh, I told them I, when I got on the phone, I said, "Hey, I saw on LinkedIn that you went to Carnegie Mellon," and he got so excited. He thought that I had gone there, and he started That's talking. Like yeah, he said, he goes, did you go to Carnegie Mellon? And I said, no, all my money does. Because at the time, my daughter was a senior at Carnegie Mellon and he laughed at that joke and he proceeded to get like really excited and feel real connected because I knew all about Pittsburgh. I knew his favorite restaurant. And he ended up at the end of the conversation telling his meeting planner, send him a contract. We never even talked about the actual presentation, but because I was able to relate to him and have something in common boom, I was able to get that piece of business. So, so give us your last three tips then. Smooth operator. And yeah, if you can understand like their alma mater, I know some people that went to certain universities are so big on the football or their, their city where they grew up. That's huge too. Okay. The final um, three, uh, number three, give to get right. The rule the law of reciprocity, you give something and people are more likely to respond and even feel like they owe you something, but it's not manipulative. It's just authentically giving without it expecting anything in return, but ideally something will come back to you. How do you give to an executive? You offer an idea and insight on their market, something they didn't think about that um, could help shape their future thinking and the growth of their business. Now, this is a big, big thing that the challenger sales methodology talks about, which is the methodology adopted by Google and the most innovative companies. I believe CEB um, created it. It's uh, the top reps are not, uh, granted, I, they said the top reps aren't relationship folks. Now I'm big on relationships, but I think they they were mostly saying focus on challenging and offering new ideas. So give a new idea. Another thing is uh, give an, ex- an experience, right? Can you, um, <laughs> before the pandemic happened, in theory, I was going to be uh, doing Formula One racing, Bon Jovi concerts, March Madness with customers. You create an experiential, experiential recognition with your brand that's huge. Now, in the pandemic world, when things are virtual, maybe it's a virtual wine tasting. And that brings me into the final way you give, which is giving an opportunity to network. Executives want the chance to meet other executives and build their network, which can lead to growth and new ideas. Um, Wrapping it up, four and five should be pretty quick. Um, Number four is throw in some special sauce, right? And the special sauce is basically um, being different and being human, showing your humanity. Um, it's something called pattern interrupt. You know, you can't be perceived as better if you're not perceived as different. Um, when I reached out to Sir Latabla, the CEO, I sent him a message of how my mom bought me a cooking class at Sir Latabla and I ended up going and I didn't want to, but went, I was like the only dude, but I had the best time. And I called it out there and it got his attention. 
I was human, right? And that made all the difference. And so uh, the final thing is um, always be closing. You got to make an ask. Now, sometimes the way I do it is this. If anything, if any of this sounds remotely interesting, do you have 20 minutes and I make the barrier, the commitment level lower, right? Like 20 minutes isn't as bad as 30, right? Because they don't know you anything. They're a stranger at this point to talk about um, uh, how we can build a partnership. I love using certain language like partnership or maybe use words from their LinkedIn where they're talking about initiatives, like where we could support XYZ initiative and make the ask, right? So those are my five things and the trump card. So those, those are all great. And you're right. That trump card is the best way to go. But if you can take those cold calls and make them warm, it's going to go a long way. So Chris, I've got more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Chris Bussing. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know, I know that some of you want to start your own podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this podcast. So Chris, as we look at this whole idea of, of getting the meeting, what is it that you do so well when it comes to cold calling? Yeah, I'll just walk you through what a cold call could look like. Um, you know, hey, this is Chris calling from uh, Sexy Solutions. Let's go with that. <laughs> and before I, go, before I go any further, I realize I'm calling you completely out of the blue. Um, so for, do you have 30 seconds for me to tell you why I'm calling? Or you could say uh, the same thing another way. Um, hey, this is Chris calling from uh, XYZ company. I realize I'm calling you completely out of the blue. So before I go any further, do you have 30 seconds for me to tell you why I'm calling? And then you can decide if it makes sense to talk further, right? Um, people, executives especially, are internal oriented. They want to be in control and make the decisions. And so if you give them the power to say yes or no, that's great. If you show a degree of uh, social awareness, that goes such a long way. And what I mean by that is you're aware I am interrupting your day and you're busy. And so instead of being a telemarketer that just jumps and says, blah, 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 I'm calling about this or this, like you, you stop and say, hey, I recognize I'm inter- interrupting your day. I want to be respectful of your time and respectful of how busy you are. Um, and you basically ask for the permission to share why you're calling to see if it makes sense to talk. Now, if they, they might say, I'm too busy. I had an executive tell me that, or head of a VC firm the other day. And then what you do is you go roll with it and say, hey, is there a better time to call you back? And they'll tell you. Or in that case, he said, hey, re- work uh, with this person. He delegated to someone else. I ended up getting the meeting that way. So that's the first thing. You know, social awareness, diffuse the sales defenses that go up from a psychology perspective and ask for permission. Um, from there, uh, what I like to do, one way you could, could uh, uh, um, skin a cat is uh, offering a story. So I'd love to tell you a quick story on a similar company that we helped. Um, we were working with XYZ company and they were facing this challenge. We helped them solve it and produce this results. So maybe you're, uh, it's up to you to understand specifically customer stories. That's huge. Um, as well as the specific outcomes that you produce. And ideally, if numbers are tied to it, like certain numbers savings, 
That's great. So we helped XYZ company in your industry. That's even better because companies want to want to do what their peers are doing in their industry. We help them achieve this result. Um, if any of this even sounds remotely interesting, do you have 20 minutes uh, to have a conversation sometime next week? Right. And again, the 20 minutes is lowering the investment level. You can ask for 15, <laughs> get the meeting. And then in the meeting, you do a great job and you're approaching the time mark and you see you're respectful of their time. And again, they appreciate it so much. Oh, by the way, I see we're coming up on time. Do you have five or 10 more minutes to keep the conversation flowing and going? I wouldn't actually say that. And uh, they say, yeah. And then you get the full 30, but at least to hook them, lower that investment level. One other thing I want to say is you might throw in there at the least, you're going to come away with some new ideas on your market and a better understanding of uh, what other peers are doing that will impact future decisions, even if there isn't a fit. So one, under helping them understand it's okay to say no. And two, at the least, you'll get some ideas. So there's even if there isn't a fit, there's a reason to talk. So, so I, so I have yeah. a question. What, what do you do when you get somebody on the phone and you go through these great things that you've just say, shared and the person's kind of a jerk about it? What do you do when the person is you know not interested in talking to you and just isn't nice? I had one time I did get like angry. At the, I think to, at the end of the day, you do have to have some degree of self-respect and some of the best reps I even knew at Google, like one time when I, this was a discovery call. So a call that was set up, he flat out said, I don't know if I want to work with someone like you. Uh, I don't know if he used that exact language, but basically what he said. And then the guy like literally respected it, the CEO and like started to be more, uh, uh, behave in the way that uh, fit uh, what my friend, the Google rep was looking for. So I think you know, in life, you know, like they say, um, a little philosophical, but givers end up on the top and the bottom of the food chain, but it's the givers who are generous and kind, but then also put people in their place when they're jerks who end up at the top. So I think that's key. Um, do you have any thoughts on a specific example, like of what someone might say? Like, no, I've just found sometimes when you call people, they're like, I'm not interested. And they, you know, they, they hang up on you. Maybe do you, what, what do you do in that case? You could call them back, but maybe that's your ego talking. I think there's power in letting go and realizing there are many fish in the sea. Let's move on to the next one like Jay-Z. So, you know, uh, I think you got to let it go. You know, you can't force a you know, square peg into a round hole. Yeah. Well, one, one other thing on the cold calling, by the way, is you could do the ask for permission. But for those of you out there who are confident and bold and brash, lead with context. Hey, you know, this is Chris. We work with the uh, Vertex portfolio, other portfolio companies to help achieve these results. I thought it, it, you know, it probably makes sense to talk about where we can partner together. You could go that route, right? You, maybe, you know, the, you're at, you are actually working with a venture capital firm that supports other startups or, Hey, I, I saw on LinkedIn, you know, this executive and we help their company achieve these results. And, and I thought it would make sense to have a conversation with you guys. Um, you can take, that type of approach and, but lead with some type of context, making it warm as to why that you should be talking. And, um, the final piece is, um, you know, it's helpful to go in with a mindset of like expecting the positive outcome and then dealing with rejection if it comes and accepting it. But like, even when you go up to a stranger, an attractive stranger, like you, 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 you envision the best, right. And you also envision that like, I, I belong in this conversation. We should be talking. I believe we can bring value. And so coming from that place too, you're more confident. And it also, it's a little more, 
conversational. So. so when I got into sales 30 years ago, they said, look, sales is a numbers game. Would you say yeah. it's still a numbers game? Absolutely. It's just over time, you can learn to work smarter. Again, by using your trump card to get those warm intros, uh, spending five minutes to uh, you know, uh, research to make outreach more personalized, especially if you know it's an account worth talking to. You got to talk to companies and spend your time on accounts that you know are high potential. At Google Cloud, we had certain calculations based on their funding levels, um, based on their revenue, and maybe we had ways to find out their IT budget that this company and based on their industry too, is worth talking to. They probably spend millions on the cloud. They're worth doing the research and personalizing. Otherwise, like, don't, what if you're getting rejected by a company that can't even buy anyways? And they, maybe they're just like, or you're talking to someone who isn't even a decision maker. Don't take it personal, you know, but focus on the right account and do five minutes of research to get maybe five nuggets to personalize that you can use and then spend five minutes writing that email or coming up with that cold call script. So Chris, I know one thing you believe in is mindset and why it's so important. So why does having the right mindset matter for salespeople and how do you take that mindset into your whole life? Absolutely. Uh, mindset is the, the foundation, you know, um, without confidence in yourself and in, in the product, without a willingness to be courageously face rejection um, and face failure, um, you know, you can't succeed in sales and uh, it's hard to succeed in life. Right. And so that's one of the things that I love about sales is it's taught me to um, embrace rejection. Sometimes rejection is God's protection. It points you in a new direction. Um, Right. To embrace failure as failure is really just a learning opportunity to get better and iterate to greatness. And um, and one of the things I've learned, this is the mindset I was thinking before this interview, I had to tell you is that uh, you're always laying the groundwork and everything matters. Success is about grit and pushing through and showing up and showing up and showing up. And eventually your preparation will meet opportunity and what is perceived by others as overnight success will come to you. You know, and I could tell you a few anecdotes. Um, when I started my sales uh, career at Oracle, my first year, I reached out to a guy for nine months and no response. And finally in Q4, he reached out to me. Every email that had no response mattered. He knew Chris Bussing was his guy. I ended up closing a deal in a role where I wasn't responsible to close revenue and use that as a way in Q4 to bring value to my team and get a promotion. That was transformative. And that set me down the path of not just getting promoted at Oracle, but it put me in the position to get to Google, which put me in the position to get to this new startup. Everything is laying the groundwork for the future and is the stepping stone. And then what if I thought to myself, Oh, these emails, this guy, he hasn't responded for nine months. They don't matter. You know, and I just didn't take action like that would then I would have never had this unbelievable um, exponential uh, ripple effect from that closed deal. So lay the groundwork and keep showing up. Um, Everything you're doing matters. So mindset, though, is a term that gets bantered around a lot in today's society. What does it even mean? Come on, give me give give us a little bit more about what is a good mindset? What's the mindset a salesperson has to have? Well, um, a mindset is like a lens through which you view yourself and the world. And one of the biggest themes in my life, and we talked about it, Tom, is uh, learning to harness the superpower to um, choose to see problems as opportunities, right? Um, and so that, that's an example of a mindset. I've had times in my life, I talked with you, and I realized I'm a privileged guy. I've had some problems. I've had some serious health issues, even life-threatening health issues, 
that problem turned into an opportunity. Actually, I grew from it. Um, I had a time where I left the job prematurely from Oracle to Google and hit a hiring freeze and I was unemployed for six months, but that problem turned into an opportunity. I did get the job and it's what started my YouTube channel pursuit of possibility. And so in sales, like, and in life, if you can see your problems as opportunities and not immovable roadblocks, that's a growth mindset. And that, yeah, that's an example of mindset. And that is a type of mindset that will lead to success. It will be inevitable for you over the long run. So you mentioned your, your YouTube channel. You have a YouTube channel called The Pursuit of Possibilities, and you're about to launch a new YouTube channel that is all about sales tips to help salespeople you know, be more effective, get more meetings, have that right mindset, et cetera. What's that uh, YouTube channel going to be called and how will people find it? I know it, it won't launch for a week yeah. or two after we do this interview, but this lives evergreen. Yeah. So how can people find it? Absolutely. I'm really excited about this new channel. It's Chris Bussing and uh, it's my name, you know, owning my name and the brand. And I realized my expertise in sales and sales has done so much for me in terms of enabling a wonderful lifestyle. Again, developing great skills that I can take with me wherever I go that help me in dating or if I want to start a new business and just building a great network and, and learning to, um, you know, adopt the, these, these mindsets that are so helpful for personal growth, right? So I want to give people access to those opportunities, at least the opportunities that come with being successful in sales, maybe breaking into tech sales. If you feel like you've been in a dead end job and you want to remove your uh, limitations on your earning potential. So definitely a big part of the channel is going to be um, being successful in sales, right? My tagline is going to be sell more, live more. And so the live more piece is also going to hit on things like personal growth experiments. I tried Mark Cuban's morning routine and this is what happened. I didn't drink for six months and this is what happened. Well, I'm currently in month two and I actually have had a lot of breakthroughs. I did the Wim Hof breathing technique. Uh, for this many days, this, this would happen. I, another video, final one I'll say on personal growth experiments is I did a gratitude journal for three years and it had a big impact. This is what happened. I'm going to do a video on that. And finally, happiness hacks that are rooted in psychology and neuroscience. Um, I'm no psychology or neuroscience expert, but I geek out on that stuff and I've read about it my whole life. And in fact, sales is what kind of got me into it. So sharing uh, learnings around that too, on how to you know, improve your mental health and find more joy in life. So it's going to come out, I think, Tom, like uh, I'm shooting for next week, actually. And I'm going to launch about three videos at once. I am so excited. So anyone who wants to check it out, um, check it out and then leave a comment with your nuggets because y'all are smart people with great ideas. So. so Chris, what is one last piece of advice that you think salespeople need to know? Oh, man. Okay. It came to me. The common denominator of success. The greatest piece of sales literature ever written, arguably, by Albert Ian Gray talks about this common denominator. And it's this, making a habit of doing the uncomfortable things that failures aren't willing to do. So schedule the painful things first and do them consistently. Make those cold calls first. You probably feel something in your stomach. You're anxious. You don't want to do it. You're afraid to call a stranger who's probably going to reject you. Well, do it anyways. Do those uncomfortable things. You probably don't want to do a little extra research to create a beautiful personalized outreach, um, but it's going to be more likely to get the meeting. Do it. Put in the extra legwork up front. All right. So make a habit of doing the uncomfortable things that failures aren't willing to do. 
Nice. Well, Chris Bussing, thank you for being a guest on Making Waves at Sea Level. Good luck with your new YouTube channel. Everybody go find that. It's just under his name, Chris Bussing, just like it is sounding, B-U-S-S-I-N-G. Uh, and check out uh, everything else that he has to offer on his uh, other YouTube channel. Now, here's the other thing I'd like you to do. If you're watching this on YouTube on the video version, or if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, do me a favor, jump over to wherever you get your podcasts and do that positive review for the show. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the channel. But more importantly, go and tell a friend about the show, Making Waves at Sea Level. I started the show seven years ago, nearly 700 episodes, specifically so that I could share really cool people who are doing things to make waves in business. And we're not stopping anytime soon, but every time I meet somebody and I say, how did, how did you find my little podcast? They say, word of mouth. It was their mother, their brother, their boss, one of their friends who said, hey, you're into business. You should check out this show. There's some really unique interviews. So please go out there and tell your friends and be back in a couple of days for another interview with somebody just as cool as Chris Bussing. Now, in the meantime, go out there, flex your business muscles. Make sure your career ladder is against the correct wall because there's nothing worse than climbing a career ladder and finding out you're in the wrong place because I did that. I know firsthand. And then while you're out there doing all this stuff, don't forget to have some fun along the way. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.